All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything Hello, Marvelites, and welcome to episode number 294 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all things great and tall and little and small. I don't know. Why not? Yeah, I'm, sure. uh, I'm editorial director Ben Morse here, not joined by Agent M. He is on location at E3, but instead having I've got a bunch with, of fun. Having so much fun, but I've got with me Alex Lopez. Oh, sorry. I'm not Agent M. That's all right. I apologize for that every week. Um, we've also got run, running sound. Alex's little sister. No, uh, no. Angelica. <laughs> what? No, not yes. my little sister. No yes. nepotism here. Angelica Lopez. No. My last name is Lopez. Your last name is Lopez. Just yep. a weird coincidence, everyone. <laughs> You're the one who hired. Do him. not believe anything you hear. So, Alex, what's going on in the world of you? You know, stuff. Oh, working. It's reading so comics. <laughs> Yeah, we've been reading a lot of comics, and we're going to talk about them now. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. All right. Let's go into it. First, we got all new Wolverine number twenty one. This was an emotional issue, and that's why I picked it as one of my top picks. There you go, man. <laughs> um, it's by Tom Taylor, art by Leonard Kirk. Kirk killed it on the art. Yeah. It really made you feel this. I don't know. It was the even with Secret Empire in this bundle. This mm-hmm. was the one issue that made me feel the most out mm-hmm. of this whole all of, like the whole stack this week. Got it. And so. It's Laura Kenny trying to save Roosevelt Island. Got this weird alien virus happening. And basically, I guess to, to like explain it, the virus is attracted to her healing factor. The healing factor that you know many other characters like Deadpool, Logan, they all have. And it feeds off of it. So she has to make contact with these people that are infected. And it starts off really sad because they're basically saying like, hey, you're one person. And you have to make it to save like thirteen thousand or something yeah. like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's it's a ridiculous number. <laughs> and Gabby wants to help out because she has a healing factor as well, as you should know. But she won't let her because she doesn't feel pain, so she doesn't know when to stop. That's right. So it's very sad. And so she goes into it. Ironheart ha- is like blocking her off. She's making. She's telling her, "Hey, these are infected people. You're taking too much on. You know, basically being her guide." And she makes it like three hundred feet into the crowd, and she just like drops. And that's when Gabby comes out, and she's like, let me do this. She's like, okay, but you have to understand, once again, like, their people are going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to be able to save 13,000, just the two of us. Yeah. And you hear that Doctor Strange has a plan. You have this whole, like, genius crew helping mm-hmm. out right now with Nick Fury. So you got Amadeus Chow. Uh, Amadeus Chow. Chow, sorry. <laughs> Nadia Pym. Uh, you got Beast, Henry McCoy. You got... Peter Parker, obviously, and you got Mockingbird. Yeah, Doctor Barbara Morse. Yeah, my, my older sister. Oh yeah, yeah. So much this, family yeah, here today. There's too much family this drama a, this, right now. This, this is a family podcast. Are you talking about me and my sister? I actually have a real sister. Me and my I'm, brother. Yeah, no, you and your brother. Fake brother. You're your big bro. <laughs> This can't be a thing. <laughs> we have a handshake. Yeah? No, we Lope, don't. Lopez handshake? We don't. There's yeah. no handshake. Yeah. I don't think we've ever had a handshake ever. <laughs> anyway. Well, she's come up with one. Back to the book. Yeah, please. 
uh, you hear they, that they said Doctor Strange is working on something to help out. So when Laura falls and finally agrees to let Gabby help because obviously she can't do it alone, you see the plan in action. Mm-hmm. And it's like the greatest thing. I didn't expect it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so sweet. Yeah. So it's like this portal opens up. You got Dak and you got uh, old man Logan and you got Wade Wilson, Deadpool yep. coming through. And they're here to save the day. So they all have to take off their shirts because yeah. you have to make skin contact. That was the kind of <laughs> yeah, that was the kind of creepy part about this issue. And I like when Deadpool takes his shirt off and he's talking to Gabby and he's like, yeah, the, just be be careful. I have scars. I don't want you to be too grossed out. And she's like, I have scars on my face. They're super cool. Yeah. And they're just like, oh yeah, and we all like, love each other. They all go into like battle poses and they're like, we're best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the greatest part of yeah, the whole awesome. book. So from there it's literally just them walking through and then you have this I don't know, a group of people that don't want to be saved? I don't know, man. It's, it's There's just some insurgents. I think they were just kind of, they've been driven crazy by the, the uh, virus. All the right. virus. So they start shooting just, at yeah. them, and they're like, we have to save those people. And that's when Deadpool's like, so you mean we can beat people up to save them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just goes nuts. And it's yeah. the funniest, greatest thing. You have this great stage yeah, yeah, where they're just going to battle just to save these people and just basically beating them up so they could touch them. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. And then they all reach their breaking point mm-hmm. and it's very sad one by one they're like we can't take anymore and Laura's like no I'm going to do this there's one block left yeah. and she goes for it and the last page is very sad but it's a sacrifice it's emotional man it's a really good issue I'm glad you picked that one alright my first pick was Deadpool number 32 written by Jerry Duggan art by Matteo Lolly. this is a secret empire tie in Deadpool is ensconced in the Secret Empire. That's a oh, yeah. good word for you. Th- that, that's Use that word. one, Angelica. Write it down. Yeah. Write it down. Memorize. Yeah, whatever. Tweet about it. You do the hand signals are <laughs> the hand signals are missing me making me miss intern Nick, who used to do all the crazy hand signals. Yeah, but he would also just say a bunch of yeah. he would have like outlandish comments, he which I really miss. Yeah, I miss him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Deadpool who fresh off killing Agent Coulson yep. is now a big Poor part Coulson. He's now a big part of Captain America's new America, his Hydra America. He has a his, fancy new apartment. Ritzy new apartment in DC. His daughter's going to Baron Zemo's school for superior students. Uh, he's working with Hydra. He's one of the Avengers. And uh, there's a running gag where they keep trying to get him to say, Hail Hydra. <laughs> that was the and best he keeps, part. <laughs> yeah, he keeps saying other things that rhyme with it. Uh, he goes after Speedball. Yeah. Which I love the way Matteo Lolly draws Speedball. Just crazy. And there's a great fight between Deadpool and Speedball, one I never thought I'd see. Yeah, I was going to say. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed for the most part, Speedball kicking his butt. Yeah, Speedball, he's, he's a powerful dude. As anyone who read New Warriors in the 90s knows, he's got sneaky superpowers. It was but. awesome. When he, like, Deadpool goes to kick him at one part, yeah. and the, his knee just goes right into he his face. He goes right into his face, bounces right back. <laughs> the other thing Deadpool's working on is he's trying to find where the underground is stationed for, um, for Cap. And he investigates a bunch of old headquarters of different Marvel teams. Uh, he disguises himself. As what basically like it's like a desert plant almost yeah like a cactus or something yeah. um and he does find quicksilver and hawkeye but for the first time he starts to doubt captain america's plan and his vision and he's starting to see cracks in this and he uh he doesn't report back that he found the underground yeah and he with his uh with his daughter his daughter keeps getting into fights at school and he's starting to think hmm i don't know what's going on here um, and I think we're going to get a much more serious issue next time. This was kind of a light, breezy issue. It was. But we'll get a much more serious issue next time as Deadpool contemplates his allegiances. It made me happy to see the last page, though, where yeah, he decided sure. not to tell him because 
I don't know. Everything I've read so far, it makes you think like Deadpool's gone. Deadpool's full all bag. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. My next pick is Old Man Logan number twenty-five. This <sighs> is the first part of Days of Anger. I really just chose this issue because one, it's a great issue, and two, what it's setting up because mm-hmm. this is going to be killer. Mm-hmm. So we start off. With, Written by and, Ed Brisson oh, and art by Mike Diodato. Yes, and start off this old man with a crew of children. And from the cover, you could kind of guess who it is. I didn't guess who it was. Really? No. I knew, like as soon as I saw the green eyes. That's what mm-hmm. that's what did it to me. That's when I was like, I'm All right. colorblind, so I can't see that. Oh well, yeah, that is true. Sorry, Ben. Legit. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yes, it's true. That's why I'm colorblind. Anyway, back to the book again. <laughs> so. Logan, he's your trying. brother, man. <laughs> always off since he was little. Uh, he's always been like this. <laughs> this is yeah. this running gag is gonna be the death of me. <laughs> <laughs> and so he needs a little vacation. He said after being in the wasteland for so long, sometimes right. being in the city, it, you feel like you're in a little box. So he goes off. It seems that he's always, you know, he goes to British Columbia. He always takes little vacations out there. Goes to this diner, asks the lady where Lexi is. There's no Lexi at this diner. He knew that these people don't belong there. Mm-hmm. And then everything just blows up from here. This is a crazy big action. Yeah, issue. it is awesome. And then you find out the Hulk gang is back. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest from thing the original ever. Old from man the original Logan. Old Man Logan. Yeah, you, you see Billy Bob. They're all there. And it's just like a bloodbath from yeah. there on. Diodato draws <laughs> yeah. the heck out of this it, issue. It's crazy. Like, he's just killing a bunch of Hulks. Mm-hmm. And it's the best thing ever there's like one part where you really see gonna throw a light curse out here so badass he gets like a grease (laughs) that's a light curse everyone he gets a fryer full of grease thrown on him and he's like burning Mm. his skin but at the same time he's burning skin he's still killing a bunch of folks yeah like just keeps going he's like i could smell my flesh burning he's like just gotta keep going Mm -hmm. takes it off uh by the end of the issue you find out who put this all together uh, spoilers, it's Maestro from the front cover. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> Just spoiling left and right. He jumped through some alternate dimensions, and he got people from different realities, brought them back, and he's amassing an army. Of Hulks. Yeah, of Hulks, yes. Of Hulks. Of, of Hulks. Crazy bad Hulks. And Logan's out to kill him. Yeah. That's it. By the end of it, he's like, I could smell there's more. Yeah. As he should, because he just fought a bunch. <laughs> yeah, and Hulks stink. Yeah. So you can We all knew them. that. Alex stinks since he was little. Oh, oh goodness. unnecessary. <laughs> Didn't need to Too go there. far. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 21. Boys Night Out. Written by Ryan North. <laughs> art by Erica Henderson. Inks by Rico Renzi. Or is it Colors by Rico Renzi? Colors by Rico Renzi. Apologies to Rico Renzi, but I said his name enough times that I think he'll probably forgive me. Yeah. This is Boys Night Out starring Chipmunk Hunk, Koi Boy, and Brain, Brain Drain. Drain. And it is fantastic (laughs) squirrel girl and nancy go on a vacation to the negative zone the guys are left to try to um save the city i guess save the city fight crime but brain drain wants to become closer (laughs) friends with um love this whole page (laughs) he uh, brain drain if you guys don't know is a human brain in a robot body yes so he activates his his all new cool dude protocols which lead him to say, what is shaking, my dudes? And then sit on the table 
uh, crushing chipmunk hunks yeah. eggs uh, uh, and the table. Yeah, and his breakfast. I and love so. how he like ends it off. He's like, he's like, I'm sorry for crushing the table. He's like, but I won't apologize for my titanium yeah, body. He's like, it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah. uh, they go out. They go to fight some crime. They run into four Doc Ox, who, if you've been reading comics since the '90s, might look a little familiar. Yes. Did you pick up on this? Yeah, yeah. I saw. Except Don't, for which one was it? This guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a little off. But whatever, it's a dude with an octopus head. They <laughs> fight the Doc Ox. Uh, Brain Drain kind of screws up, so he says, gee, guys, I'm sorry. But they're like, you know what, Brain Drain, maybe we don't need to hang out all the time. Not all sad. friends hang out all the time. Brain Drain's just like, but but Squirrel Girl and Nancy hang out almost constantly. And uh, Chipmunk Hunk goes, that's during Nancy Brian. His name's Brian. Yeah. Brian Drain. Mm-hmm. Um, you and us, where he goes, I understand we're not that, that kind of friend. That's so sad. Devastating. Just he wants put, to hang out. Puts his costume away. Uh, Chipmunk Hunk and Koi Boy continue to patrol the city. They run into the Green Goblin with a gun <laughs> holding up a uh, jewelry store. Spider-Man comes and helps them. <clears throat> then they're trying... Then Mephisto's robbing a bank and Doctor Strange <laughs> shows up to lend a hand. Mystique's robbing an art gallery. Captain Marvel comes in and says, I'll use my strange Marvel, <laughs> Marvel powers, powers to alert the other heroes to track them down. So then... We uh, wake up the next day to a uh, newspaper headline that says, Crime Wave Definitely Sweeping City. Um, and Koi Boy is all freaked out. He's in his costume. He tells Chipmunk Hunk. He goes, yo, all those uh, heroes we encountered last night were really criminals. Imposters. They were imposters. They're trying to get away with things. But then they uh, they run to the problem of, how do we tell the imposters the real thing? Oh, wait a minute. Brain Drain comes back. Uh, I love when they both yell, Brain Drain. He goes, yes, <laughs> it is I. <laughs> and he talks about how he has a program. He's like he hiding runs. behind the tree. He has like a, <laughs> yeah. He has like a facial recognition program so he can tell which heroes are legit and which are fake. They manage to track down all the fake heroes. It's amazing. We get a montage. Uh, and then they go back into battle with the Doc Ox and they get a big triumphant win over them. Everyone's celebrating. The new headline is No Crimes Yesterday. None at all. Squirrel Girl <laughs> comes back with Negative Zone ice cream to celebrate. And this awesome Negative Zone t-shirt she's wearing. I love how she loves and, the Negative Zone. Yeah, she loves the Negative Zone. And the boys basically say, like, hey, we had a great time. We're going to go hang out. Mm-hmm. Brain Drain is totally in the group. It's a feel-good story. All the little notes at the bottom of the page are hilarious. Yeah, and they're all great. Not including probably... 60% of the jokes because that would take me the yeah. whole podcast, but it's hysterical. I can't believe it's we didn't go into, uh, Negative Zone ice cream. And negative how Zone ice cream. It it's good for it's, you. It's good for you. It's you keep, keep it in the warm. warm. Yeah. It's all good, man. Uh, they are killing the it best. on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Need me some of that Negative Zone ice cream. Mm-hmm. All right, my next pick is the unbelievable Gwenpool number seventeen. This was almost my pick, but you stole it from me. Yes, I did. Sorry, I apologize, man. He's been doing that since he was little, hasn't he? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, stealing things. God, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's written by Christopher Hastings, art by Guru Hiru, and this is—I don't know—it's kind of a tough issue at mm-hmm. first because. Like, it's Gwen back in her regular oh, reality. Yeah, she's and, just working at the movie theater, yeah. trying to sell hot dog topped popcorn. Yeah, she's like, I've never heard of it. It sounds like a great idea. Selling it to this nerd who's yeah. seeing Captain America Civil War in the yep. theater. Yeah. <laughs> and she just like feels like something's wrong the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's like that portal, you know, every, all these callbacks. She's starting to notice weird things. She doesn't know if she's going crazy she or not. She can see her text boxes, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. is awesome. She sees a text box. She sees a title of this issue, which is mm-hmm. Beyond the Fourth Wall Part 2. Yep. And she like sees it. She's like, oh, a title. Fun. <laughs> and she can't like, she's like, am I going nuts? I like, I can't tell. I don't I know. know. It's actually really like, even it's though it's sad. a funny issue, it's kind of like... Deep. 
it's not even it's not only that it's deep it like it makes you kind of uncomfortable almost yeah. you're like oh my god what if like what's real what's not exactly. real exactly it's it, very trippy it's, it's like it's sad to see her out. like thinking she's like l- you know legit going insane mm-hmm. like she thinks she's like should i be going to a doctor like yeah. should i see see something wrong but she's she keeps going she's like something's not right i like doesn't feel right and she's sitting on the subway yeah and all of a sudden she reaches over and touches her comic borders yeah like her panel, panel borders. borders yeah <laughs> and she's like no it's there she's like she's like i know i'm right so she keeps going with it she keeps testing her limits and testing and testing the text box and there's like a th- awesome scene what's kind of yep. sad also in her bedroom where she's like all right let me see like, like i'm just gonna go on like a rambling thought right. rant. she can't reach the text box <laughs> yeah. so to make it bigger she just says more words and it keeps, thinks more thinks words, more words yeah and it keeps going keeps going and it pushes her out of her window yep. just cracks it she shatters she falls out hits the ground very injured mm. wakes up in a hospital mm-hmm. and it's this is like where it gets even like worse because now her parents are sitting there and like the doctor trying to tell them like she might be suicidal yeah <laughs> like, think she she jumped out they, of the window they think she threw herself out of <laughs> yeah. her own window so it's pretty bad it's, it gets like worse and worse but yep. at the same time she's like i gotta figure this out her brother comes he obviously knows he's something. Up to something yeah he's very yeah. fishy he's saying some weird things that like don't add up yeah. she's like wait what do you mean and this then like is, he'll this go is very away. much a brother-sister relationship in the vein of the low <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> anyway, um, so earlier in the book, she's drawing in her notebook. She's drawing, you know, Modoc and Batrock. Yep. And so her brother gives her this notebook back so she can get some work done in the hospital. And the page is ripped out. What? It's very strange. Yeah, so once again, it puts her on again. She's like, oh, she's like, something's not right. He knows something. So she starts testing her abilities, it's like going through cam- comic panels, catching her pen by dropping it mm-hmm. through one and picking up another. Like, she starts figuring out, like, if one view, also in the next, like, she's another view and she can't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. And she's like, I'm following this. I'm going to see what's up. And and the last issue, she's... She's following the comic book to the end. Yeah, it's weird. So she's, she steps out she, of the page. She's and fast forwarding. Thing. <laughs> it's nuts, man. Yeah. So I am excited to see where this goes. Very trippy comic. Book. Yeah. Very trippy. Okay, we'll finish up with uh, Venom number one fifty one, written by Mike Costa, drawn like crazy by Gerardo Sandoval, yeah. who's like channeling Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson and all these other he great artists draws here. the hell out of Venom. Yeah, he does. Especially Eddie Brock. Uh-huh. He makes him jacked. <laughs> Colors by Dono Sanchez Almara. Uh, we've got this underground layer. Oh, I should, I should mention that this uh, story is called The Land Before Crime. Which is awesome, yeah. Because it's a dinosaur so, story. Yeah. Bunch of kids filming a movie in the sewers get attacked. Eddie Brock is in the hospital because he's having problems with his symbiote. Because yeah. basically, his symbiote went nuts and attacked this priest, priest. who was trying to a priest, kind of trying to talk <laughs> him down. Like it, he, the priest offhandedly said something about like you know maybe as Eddie was trying to explain his relationship with the symbiote, right. he was said something off back. Like, maybe like, it's not healthy for you guys to be together. Exactly. Maybe let it go. Yeah. The symbiote went crazy. He attacked this priest. Eddie's wandering through the hospital. Eddie wants to do good. He yeah. thought the symbiote was ready for that, but now he's worried that the symbiote's sick. He uh, encounters one of the kids, the survivor of the group of kids who got attacked in the sewers, and he asks him to describe the thing that attacked him because he's worried that it's venom. Yep. Um, but it turns out it is something else, and uh, the symbiote and him are having this this converse, their internal mo- dialogue yeah. and not a monologue. Internal dialogue, talking about how like uh, the symbiote's like, you don't trust me, and Eddie's like, I'm worried about you. Yeah, this is 
another kind of sad issue. Like yeah. the symbiote also just like he just wants to do he's like, I want to be a hero yeah. again. But and then Venom in full crazy Venom form um, attacks a dinosaur in the sewers. The art is it's, bonkers. It's awesome. Tongues everywhere. Teeth everywhere. Yeah. Um, Venom makes Venom manages to defeat the monster. Tracks back to Alchemax. Goes uh, with Liz Allen, classic Spider-Man supporting character, and basically mm-hmm. makes a deal with Liz Allen. Says, "I will clean up this dinosaur problem you have because Stegron's involved." Yes. Which there's also a great moment where he goes, "Wait a minute." He became a dinosaur <laughs> yeah. man and decided to call himself Stegron. She goes, no, no, his real name was Stegron, yeah. and he became a dinosaur man. And just in the midst of all this seriousness, it's very, uh, it's very silly. I, I love just reading him trying to like get his head around the whole yeah. dinosaur thing. He's yeah. like, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, one of uh, Liz Allen's scientists at Alchemax is going to analyze Venom, analyze the symbiote for Eddie. Meanwhile, Eddie's going to go and take on Stegron and uh, try to clean up this mess that Alchemax has created. But he runs into a whole underground land of dinosaurs mm-hmm. ruled by Stegron. And Stegron's got a dope crown and everything. Uh, he says, the world that Stegron the Dinosaur Man will bring, born in blood and terror. Yeah. This is crazy, I gotta man. say, uh, as much as I believe in Venom, mm-hmm. I don't know if he can take all that. It's, it's a lot, man. There, there are a lot it's of them. On. All right, two big issues we want to discuss really quick. I'll yep, go yep. first. We want to talk about cool. the debut of Defenders, Defenders number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez, colors by Justin Ponzor. Uh, Diamondback is back in full effect. He uh, injured Jessica Jones, sent her to the hospital. If you read the free comic book day Defenders mm-hmm. issue, and here he is basically saying he wants drugs off of his streets so he confronts a club owner who's up no good you have these little vignettes i love these these little just one page things oh, yeah. of the different defenders with their logos say, yeah. and, and in the background is just four cool shots of their past david marquez awesome. of course just draws it beautifully luke cage uh, almost gets blown up because the heroes for higher headquarters gets blown up he visits jessica in the hospital that's where daredevil and iron fist show up they all decide, you know what? Maybe we should all be working together because uh, Jessica knows that Diamondback is back. And uh, Luke's like, wait, Diamondback is dead, long dead. Yep. Nope, he's, he's back not. and he's more, he's worse than ever. He meets with Black Cat and he's trying to make a deal with Black Cat. Meanwhile, the Defenders, even though they're not called the Defenders yet, are out looking for him. Well, he's trying to wheel and deal. Um, the and, and Diamondback gets into a fight with. Uh, Luke Cage. Luke Cage does eventually find him, and Diamondback actually proves a physical match for him. Black Cat's watching the whole thing. She's like, holy yeah. crap. Her surprise is, face yeah. at the end of that was I, even, I was like, basically yeah. the same thing. <laughs> beautifully drawn. Bendis knows these characters really well. He does a great uh, text backup feature with Luke Cage, who's being interviewed by Ben Urich, and uh, gives you a lot of insight into Luke's character and how important he is. And then a really nice message at the end from Brian and from David Marquez and from Justin Ponzor about why they're doing Defenders, why they're excited about Defenders. It's really cool yeah i said defenders defenders yeah i don't like thanks. to correct thanks you. angelica <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah that book is great it, i can't wait awesome. for more all right now secret empire number four who boy Ooh. written yeah. by nick spencer art by lionel francis Yu, inked by jerry alan yeah what he said yep. colors by sunny gal and this is a huge issue. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, these a, are packed. There's man. a lot, and it just it's very long. So right from the last page of Secret Empire number three, we get we dive right back into Punisher is on the side of Hydra. Mm-hmm. 
I was not a fan of that when I read number no? three. Yeah, no. I yeah, you were pissed. It. I yeah, it. I remember going to bed. You were viscerally like, mad. Yeah, I was like, that last page. Ugh. Yeah, you were very angry. <laughs> yeah, but we go into it, and you don't really get much more insight into it, like no. why. You'll find out the whys yeah. and the wherefores as we go on. I, I happen to know that. Okay. Yeah. So, but he's there, and he's responding to Steve Rogers. He's uh, one of his, like, big lieutenants. He's been mm-hmm. tracked down. I mean, he's been given a mission to track down Black Widow mm-hmm. because, according to Cap, she is the most dangerous of them all. Could be. Yeah, which I get. I mean, she's a spy. Yeah. And the best spy. Yeah. And then we go right into some Black Widow where she's basically torturing a Hydra soldier trying to get information. The kids that she, uh, you know, like Riri, Miles Morales, uh, Nadia, they all, they all come in. They're like, hey, you're gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I know. She's like, watch out. You're gonna kill him. Yeah. She's like, I know. She's like, trying to explain that, like in war, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Yeah. They're trying to find a different way. They let the hired soldier go, and hey, what do you know? Black Widow's right. He tries to kill, I think it's Viv, or is it Riri? Riri. Riri, Riri, yeah. Riri. Tries to kill Riri, and Black Widow shoots him. Yeah. There it goes. Boom. That's it. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> yeah. Let him know how it's done. And then we go into like the meat of the issue. Oh, this is so good. Yeah, this is the best. So they're going to track down a sh- cube shard. Well, you've got two different sides. You've yes, got... You- Steve leading the Avengers, his Avengers, hey, the Hydra, the Hydra Avengers. Avengers, and then you've got the underground, which is Mockingbird and Tony Stark AI, Hercules, Hercules Quicksilver, Quicksilver, and Sam Wilson. Yeah, and so they're going. They're you see, it, like it's like a nice split. Like, all right, they're going. They both like state the reasons, like what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So it's. Pimtron, can we call him? <laughs> it's Ultron, but as we saw him in Rage of Ultron he and Uncanny Avengers, he's merged with Hank Pym. He thinks he is Hank Pym. Yeah. Uh, that's where a lot of the drama comes from. He's, yeah, that's He set huge. up this city in Alaska that's basically all Ultrons, and he's like his own sovereign nation that yeah. doesn't, doesn't answer to Hydra or anybody. And he, he has like a whole... And he has a cosmic cube sharp. He has a cosmic cube sharp, so he's kind of unstoppable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so they go... He's expecting them. God, the way yeah. Lanil draws Ultron with Hank's face like halfway. So it's so disturbing. Creepy, yeah. Very it, creepy. Th- this was like the creepiest shot of the whole mm-hmm, book, I think. Yeah. Just him like blank eyes, everything. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But anyway, so they're trying to do a stealth mission. Ultron's been expecting them. Yeah, he knows it, what's up. He's like, I knew you guys were coming. Yeah. So they touch down basically at the same time. And, you know, stealth mission. But then they begin to fight. <laughs> so there, all that goes. You get a little Ant-Man versus Ant-Man yeah. action. I like how Scott Lang versus Eric I like how Scott goes and he goes, he's here. And everyone's yeah. like, who? <laughs> he goes, the other Ant-Man, the one nobody likes. <laughs> that yeah. was a great story. He's like, I'm called Black Ant. <laughs> yeah. And from there, you got Quicksilver versus Scarlet Witch. Uh, you got Herc versus Thor. Uh, I guess... I couldn't tell who's what. I guess Vision just takes out Sam Wilson real yeah, quick. Yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, like right off the bat. Yeah, you got poor Ta- Sam. Yeah, you got Taskmaster versus uh, Mockingbird. And it's cool. It's like, it's uh, awesome pages. The art's great. Just watching them all battle. Mm-hmm. And finally, Ultron comes in, kind of stops it. He's like, I've been expecting you. He's like, we're going to have a dinner party. Yeah, crazy. The creepiest thing ever. Yeah. Sitting there, he's wearing a kiss the overlord, yep. like apron, mm-hmm. <laughs> and has like a knife and a serving fork in his hand. And it's just like, oh, all the Avengers be- <laughs> and all the underground, they're all tied up, forced yeah. to like witness this. And then from there, it's just Nick Spencer dissecting the character of Hank Pym as you have Hank Pym kind of giving a speech. 
um, and then Tony yeah. Stark basically going, Hank, you, you ruined the, the Avengers. It was, yeah, you ruined the Avengers with what you did to Jan, which is just nuts. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I know this is dark stuff, but mm-hmm. I as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, this is going somewhere. I didn't yeah. expect it to go. Yeah, and I was like, totally. that was kind of uncalled for. And everyone else at the table said the same thing. They're like, mm-hmm. Tony, dial it back. Yeah. Like, he's still Ultron. Yeah. It's so crazy that we have like Tony, Cap, Thor, Hank Pym, but they're all, all none of them are themselves. Yeah, because you've got Cap, Hydra, Hank, Ultron, yep, and Tony, then you AI, AI, and, and Thor is the like Otis this weird, now. unworthy yeah. Thor who's working for Hydra for reasons we still have not yeah, been still, in on. I like that part when Tony's like going through the all of them, and he's mm-hmm. like Scarlet Witch, he's like possessed by a demon, he's like Visions, like obviously got some nanobites, he's like this one. I think just wants his hammer back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. And then so you go through and, yeah, exactly what Ben was saying. It's like. Yeah, sorry to step on your line. No, no problem. It's, it's like they're sitting there and Pim's basically just trying to say, like, I am a core founding member of the Avenger. You guys never listened to me. Tony goes that step too far. Says, like, you were always a problem. Yep. It was after what you did to Jan. And everything kind of just goes to hell. Mm-hmm. And the one person that brings it all back down is Scott Lang yeah. <laughs> talks him down, basically says, Hey, listen, like I messed up my life. But when I think back on it, the one thing I ask is what would Cassie do? Yeah. And he's like, maybe you can ask yourself, what would Jan do? Mm-hmm. And he completely calms down. He like enlarges at one point, goes back to normal size. Mm-hmm. And it ends off with, he presents cat I mean, Iron Man side with the shard. Yep. Just because that, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And, then you get this whole thing. It's like you, you think that the sides are starting to change or like, you know, that the the uprising is on the win. And then you get this end page where Namor mm-hmm. comes in and makes a truce with Hydra mm-hmm. and gives them his shard. It's just, it's in the middle of this big event. Nick Spencer took the time to tell a fundamentally good Avengers story about the Avengers and why they're broken in some ways um, and it was really powerful if you're an Avengers fan it was really emotional and then there was this last page which caused you to text me yes. in all caps text alright so the last page we get a splash page of uh, Tony's team and then it's Cap talking over it and mm-hmm. it says don't worry we have someone on the inside <sighs> so I texted Ben that night <laughs> yeah, so I texted Ben that night and I was like who's the mole yeah, well, demanding to know and I don't know <laughs> I'm unspoiled on this. You yes. spoiled me on I, it when yes. you found out. I sp- like a jerk. So I had one guess in that text. Ben didn't know. So I texted someone else mm-hmm. from the Marvel team who happened to know. And I was right. <laughs> no. And it makes me very mad. But I can. I, it's it's hard to see coming. It's, I put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. But it's going to make you guys mad. It's going to make <laughs> you very angry. All right. Quick hits. Let's hit them. Let's, Let's hit them quick. It. Yeah. All right. So we start off. Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number eight, by Jerry Conway and Ryan Stegman. Colors by Jesus Abertov and letters by Joe Carmanga. This is, so, as you know, MJ is now sharing powers with Peter, but something's not right. She doesn't feel like she's really pulling her weight. So she sees a, there's a lot to it. They're fighting Mysterio, but I'm trying to do quick hits. At the end of the issue, (laughs) she sees a 
message or interview with Liz Allen about how they're trying to big enhance humans. Big week for Liz humans. Allen. Yeah, big, big Liz Allen big week. Big week for Liz Allen. How they're trying to enhance humans. She goes there to visit them. She basically explains that how she doesn't. She feels like she's not doing much compared to Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and she really wants to, you know, be pulling her weight and be her own superhero on her right. She gets a black suit, very similar to one symbiote, mm-hmm. and she takes it on, and she starts having these weird dreams, and we'll see where it goes from there. She wakes up at the end of the issue climbing this bridge yeah just strange what the heck yeah and then comes out as a monster yeah so no good yep all right ben riley the scarlet spider number three written by peter david pencils by mark bagley inks by john dell color art by jason keith and j david ramos Uh, ben riley has made a deal with cassandra mercury he is going to help cure her daughter and she in return is going to help him out we've got the other scarlet spider kane swinging to the rescue he's trying to investigate where ben is and what's going on um ben as scarlet spider it runs into a a group of crooks robbing the casino this casino is just a haven for trouble yeah. uh, dressed well, as original spider-man original criminal <laughs> yeah dressed as original spider-man original original scarlet spider and original spider-man 2099 ben fights the imposters with uh cassandra's enforcer slate helping him out and he ends up taking the costume <laughs> yeah. of the original scarlet I spider love that last page yeah he's um <laughs> it's great um i love it scarlet spider just goes well first off you're he's he's the guy who's dressed as the original Scarlet Spider is critiquing Ben, his new costume. the real Scarlet Spider, um, critiquing his costume and says great. all the things are wrong with it. And then Ben just says, well, you know what? Give me your costume. And then the last panel is just Ben wearing the original <laughs> costume with a, a caption that says as jerk. Jerk, yeah. yeah it's perfect. It's, and next issue, the Scarlet awesome. Spiders are going to fight. Yes. I can't wait for that, actually. All right. So we got... Black Panther and the crew number three up next. It's uh, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates and art by Butch Geis, whatever, with Max Chater. Hey, I mess up on these all the time every time I'm on. And inks by Scott Hanna with also uh, Max Chater. And this is basically just pulling into the Ezra Keefe storyline, how they connect to Black Panther in the previous day and the crew in general. You find out a lot more about why they were looking to put together a super team uh, back in the 1950s. And you see what he was trying to put a super team together with to investigate now. So it leads uh, Storm and Black Panther in civilian duds, which is I thought was great. Very they cool. put on these cool like street clothes to an apartment building in Harlem. And there's obviously something not right. The building isn't like registered as an apartment at all. The guy that shows him around isn't a realtor. It's very strange. Weird. And then you have Black Panther looking at schematics of it, and then he puts the, like a top view, and it's the Hydra symbol. Not good. So we'll see where it goes from there. Mm. Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 23, written by Nick Spencer, pencils by Joe Bennett, inks by Joe Pimentel, colors by Matt Yaki. We've got Sam Wilson leading the uh, underground to try. This is kind of this takes place before they go and visit Ultron. Yes. He's trying to get them where they need to go. He's going to provide them safe passage. He's going to uh, get them past the dreadnoughts. He's been basically we find out he's been going through Mole Man's realm and he has kind of a truce with Mole Man. But the he gives uh, him free stuff. Yeah, he gives Mole Man <laughs> he gives Mole Man stuff and Mole Man in return is monsters who are just drawn terrifically by. Uh, by uh, Joe Bennett. Um, but these dreadnoughts that have been following the underground trailed them to the Mole Man's realm. They cause all this destruction. They piss Mole Man off. And now Sam Wilson has to find a new way to get people safe. And then this leads directly into the Secret Empire issue with Ultron. 
Yes. Up next, we got Generation X, uh, number three. This is by Christina Strain and art by Amilcar Pinna with Roberto Poggi and colors by Felipe Sombrero with Nolan Woodward. And this is just Jubilee's new class, you know, trying to still find their place, kind of, you know, and get used to this new school. And they're in this, like, weird park zoo thing, and all of a sudden they've that uh, nature girl is nature her name? girl yeah, yeah, nature yeah. girl talks to the trees and finds out someone just got attacked mm-hmm. so she go to find it's a mutant called face I believe yep yeah and they're trying it was to introduced s- back in uh, Abnett and Lanning's new mutants run there we that go Ryan and I like so much so then they're trying to find out what happened to him uh, you get a little other story with one of the other recruits Roxy she doesn't feel bling like she, yeah bling she doesn't feel like she does belongs on Jubilee's team tries to get one of the other professors to put him her on his yeah. team uh she he says talk to jubilee and then the rest of the media issue is really just trying to kind of find out you see and you get a lot of there's a lot of callbacks to different things mm-hmm. also like different issues um there's an issue named i mean a mutant named andre which was in wolverine sauded mm. and that was a good that was a great yeah. callback so that that was really cool i thought and i don't know this book is filled with so much and there's so, like since there's so many characters going mm-hmm. around that there's so much to tell. It's really great. They finally found out what happened to the face, and they're going on a mission. Yeah. Hulk number seven, written by Mariko Tamaki, art in this issue by Georges Duarte, and colors by Matt Mila. We start out with Jen Walters at a trauma peer support group, which she doesn't take very seriously. We flash to these two guys who are purchasing something. We're not quite sure what. And we kind of go back and forth between Jen's story, which is her going to a construction site and hulking out. Uh, it's one of her clients' construction sites, so he gave her permission to kind of wreck it. She has an encounter with Hellcat, which I love to see. Always love Ooh. to see them together. Meanwhile, um, her assistant, I believe it's her assistant, um, is putting on this cooking show. And um, she is watching the cooking show, but the two guys we saw from before put something into one of the cakes. It causes the guy to have a transformation. And now Jen, who was just kind of taking a night off, talking to Hellcat, dealing with her trauma, is going to go and have to deal with this very personal problem, which is going to draw her in. Kingpin number five, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Ben Torres, colors by Jordan Boyd. This is the conclusion to this whole story. We got Sarah Dewey, who's writing a book about the Kingpin. Her boxer boyfriend is being told to throw a fight. Uh, Kingpin, who throughout this whole series, we've been kind of like, is he good? Is he bad? What side is he yeah, on? Very gray. <laughs> yeah, shows some of his nastier side here. Sarah goes and gets drunk because she has a drinking problem. Um, and she, and she, whoa, Angelica just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, she tries to convince her boyfriend to take a dive. She goes to his fight. Uh, their tombstone has now joined up with Kingpin despite trying to kill Sarah on many occasions. She realizes just how far in she is. There's great drama with what goes on with the fight and what happens afterwards. And then there's a six months later aftermath, which totally unexpected. I did not see it going the place it went. Uh, Marvel Universe Avengers Ultron Revolution 
issue number 11 adapts the episode of Marvel Universe of Marvel's Avengers um, animated series The Kids Are All Right, originally written by Eugene Sun, directed by Phil Pignotti, it's adapted by Joe Caramagna, and it introduces Miss Marvel to this particular Avengers universe. Miss Marvel, speaking of her, <laughs> oh, no, we've got Miss Marvel number 19 by uh, G. Will Wilson and art by Marco Falla. This starts off. Uh, sorry if I butcher this, but it's a Muslim holiday, I believe, mm-hmm. Ed Mubarak, mm-hmm. and starts off with them looking for a goat because they're yeah. preparing. You Gotta know, find a goat. Yeah, they're making a big feast, and it's funny because Kamala falls in love with the goat, and she's like, "I do this every year." She's yeah. like, "I swear I'm gonna be a vegetarian until dinner's ready." Yep. <laughs> it smells too good. Yeah, it's great, and then they come back to Jersey City their home and they it's it's weird and there's a bunch of signs and it says bring back the real jersey city mm-hmm. they have no idea what's going on but they're like okay let's let's see what's going let's just ignore this for today we have a feast to prepare mm-hmm. and they go to their homes there's like people walking and staring at them weird and afterwards the feast they go kamala goes out for a walk um with her friend and these two agents of a new organization called Kind come out. Mm. And I'm trying to find exactly what it stands for. If I can find it, if I can find it. Anyway, so they're basically trying to make bring back the real Jersey City and it's basically they want no super new superpowered people, unregistered superpowered people. Mm. So Kamala's like, what the hell is going on? She starts making her way to the mayor's office because they said that's where it all comes from. They have a new mayor. It's Mayor Chuck Worthy, mm-hmm. who was actually in the past issues. Mm. And not a nice guy. Yeah, not a nice guy. And she runs into Lockdown, as she calls herself now. It's uh, Becky from Becky St. Jude yeah. from the uh, Civil, Civil War II arc. There we go, yeah. And they're, they start fighting. Yeah. Basically, they want her to go away because they claim that she is the problem in Jersey City. <laughs> She's the one who brings all of it here. And then you get a new uh, fellow. I'm not sure who it is. She says that she definitely knows this person, but you don't get an unmask in this issue, so we will see. And by the end of it, Miss Marvel's in trouble. Yeah. We'll a see. lot of trouble. Yeah. All right. Secret Empire United, number one, one shot, written by Jim Zub, art by Ario Anandito, colors by Java Tartaglia. This deals with the mutant situation in Secret Empire. Basically, they've all been grouped into the city called New Tyon. Uh, some of the mutants, Sunfire, Random, Frenzy, what a great assortment Good, yeah. of friggin' mutants to see. That was awesome. Uh, Rebel, and they go against Hydra. They run up against the superior octopus. Um, who's one of the Avengers. He puts them down, quells their uprising. We see some stuff going on with Cap and his lieutenants. Uh, back on Tion, we've got Zorn meeting with Beast, Archangel, and Sebastian Shaw, trying to decide how they should do this. Sebastian Shaw gets permission to take a team into Hydra and try to get back Sunfire, who got captured. This is a very capable team. Also, Great team. As we see later. Strong guy, Marrow, Boom Boom, Magic. They go in. It's supposed to do, be stealthy, but they go in to fight the Avengers. Uh, and we get the full Avengers roster here. Scarlet Witch, Vision, Taskmaster, Deadpool. I guess Unworthy Thor is off doing something else. But the mutants fight them. It's a good fight. 
Captain America decides he needs to put a stop to this personally. He goes and visits Zorn and reveals the big secret behind Zorn, which I thought was a very cool twist. Yes, yeah, I thought that was great. And the twist reveals to Captain America that he's got some dissension in his own ranks. Mm-hmm. And this was just a fun little side adventure for Secret Empire yeah. that I thought really added a lot to the uh, story and added a lot to building the world. Yeah, I really like that issue. All right, and then we got Secret Warriors number three by Matthew Rosenberg and art by Javier Garon. Colors by Israel Silva. And so in the last issue, you find they find out that there might be a person who could help turn the tides in this war mm-hmm. in New Tyon. Yep. Exactly what Ben was just talking about. So the Secret Warriors head over there, Quake, Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, Miss Marvel, Inferno, and Karnak. They run into the mutants, Beast, Strong Guy, Archangel, uh, Boom Boom. And yeah, a lot of the same people yeah, we just saw. Yeah, the same people we saw. And they try, they're like, hello, Inhumans. Like, basically, it's a very... It's tense. Yeah, it's a tense welcoming party. Uh, they want them to leave. They mm-hmm. say they're not leaving until they find this person. Or they're like... But by the end of it, they have a little scruff, you know, going on. And they're like, okay, we'll go. But they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they head over to this uncharted lab where they think it might be and they run to dark beast mm-hmm. which i thought was a cool callback to inspire yeah, yeah i was just like whoa didn't even know he still existed to be honest <laughs> <laughs> so they go through this they have a little not like a tussle or anything but they you know kind of looking for information and then they show up again <laughs> a lot of mutants yeah, yeah a lot of mutants and you know have another fight and this time they're heading out and then they run into more trouble. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of scared for them, to be honest. <laughs> trouble abounds. Also in Star Wars number 32, written by Jason Aaron, art by Salvador La Roca, it's colors cool by issue. Edgar Delgado. Yes, it's the penultimate chapter of Star Wars The Screaming Citadel. We have got our heroes in jeopardy. Luke and Han have been taken Take over it. over by this evil queen. Uh, Black Chrysanthemum or whatever his name is. The greatest. Yeah. Just going nuts. He's going crazy, beating the crap out of everyone. (laughs) We've got Sana, uh, Leia, and the droids trying to get him under control, trying to utilize his rage so he fights against them. Then Aphra has delivered Luke into uh, the queen's custody where they're going to take a parasite and put it in his brain it's super gross they put one in han solo and he becomes a slave and he basically commands the army of the queen now Mm -hmm. he goes after his former friends they try to talk him out of it afra has a big kind of moment where she's Mm -hmm. realizing she's done the wrong thing even more so than usual she has an attack of conscience and she goes and helps luke out and so now we've got luke uh basically getting ready to take just, on the queen, yeah, take on the queen, and uh, what is he's been taken over by a parasite as well. And he says, "Bow yes. before your king." Yeah, I like. I love how they figured out like how those parasites work, and mm-hmm. then that all f- came together. Yep. All right, now we are on to Thanos number eight. I really love this issue. Jeff Lemire and Herman Peralta, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. So. The team up between Star Fox, Nebula, and Trico take them to Thanos. They were betrayed by Thane, so now they're like, hey, 
we need to stop yeah, him. And Thane with the Phoenix power is, is just freaking awesome. It, just I think yeah, with the, the Phoenix power is even worse than like Thanos has ever been. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he just it's just wiping everyone out, and he's yeah. like he's uncontrollable mm-hmm. almost. You know what I mean? At least like Thanos a little calm, cool, and collect. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard him described that way, but okay. <laughs> Anyways, so they go back to this. They finally convince Thanos. They're like, let's go. Like, how do we get your power back? We need to stop your son. And he tells them this tale about the three witches mm. that they live on the outskirts of the universe, right mm-hmm. at the edge. So that's their whole plan. They're going to find them, and they can hopefully grant Thanos his power back. They feed on gods. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. I love Star Fox in this whole book. Star Fox is great, man. Yeah. Star Fox is, when you think about it on the surface, he's pretty creepy. He is. His power is very creepy. Yeah, he just manipulates your feelings. Yeah, like. yeah what a jerk. <laughs> yeah, but... Love him in this love book. Him. Love him. <laughs> I love like just him and Thanos going back and forth, just brotherly love. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the one part where Thanos is like, "Your attitude is why I f- like have thought about ripping your head off your body so many times." It's great. At the end of it, they find the witches, and we'll see. Yeah, Uncanny Avengers number twenty four, written by Jim Zub, the art by Kim Jacinto. This is another Secret Empire tie-in. The Uncanny Avengers are behind the Dark Force dimension in New York. They're trying to help out. Uh, we've also got Tamara Bond villain on colors. Uh, we've got the Human Torch, Synapse, Dr. Voodoo, Rogue, and Wasp going around trying to find solutions. Human Torch tries to use his powers. Rogue fights off one of these demon bug creatures that's infested the whole place. Quicksilver is on the outside of the dome. He's trying to find a way in. Not much help there. And we really just see how bad the situation has gotten in Manhattan. Some villains get into the mix. Uh, Rogue is trying to lead this team, and she's just not a natural leader, and that's where a lot of the problems come from. And then something happens to Dr. Voodoo that's going to make things very challenging for the whole team. Over in Vision, Director's Cut number 1 by Tom King, Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, and Jordi Belair. It's the awesome Vision series, the first two issues collected here with tons of cool extras, little interviews, and uh, sketches, and all this cool stuff. So if you didn't catch Vision the first time, definitely catch it this time around. It is one of the best books we put out yeah, in years. Great series. All right, and we got Weapon X number four by Greg Pack and art by Greg Land. It's Greg's, you know. Greg's. Yep. Greg's by doing Jay it. Lyston. This is the Weapon X team teamed up with Amadeus Cho. They found they're trying to find the cyborgs who are stealing their DNA. They took uh, Lady Deathstrike and Warpath. They find them. They go to the. It's like a weird in the middle of the water type. Like I don't even know <laughs> laboratory. They start fighting a bunch of really gross-looking cyborgs. They have, mm-hmm. like, Lady Deathstrike's powers. They have mm-hmm. the Warpath's powers. Um, you start to see kind of, like, Omnius Cho becoming more hulky and hulk, like, mm-hmm. ever. He, like, keeps tapping into more power as he goes. There's a great scene where Sabretooth, like, has to shoot him in the face to keep making him more angry, so he, yeah. like, beats all these robots, and he just goes nuts. And it's the funniest thing. He's like, you, he's like, Creed, you shot me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but it worked, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. Uh, they finally get Lady Deathstrike. They get Warpath back. They take over this base. And by the end of it, they have to... Amadeus Cho stops Lady Deathstroke from killing one of the uh, scientists. They need more information. And then the base goes boom. 
Boom. So from there, they have to see what they can do. They have to find more clues. They need to they need to get onto what's going on. All right, winding things down, we've got X Men Blue number five, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Julian Lopez and Corey Smith, colors by Fun Armor. Fact: Julian Lopez is my older brother. Yeah, like not that guy, but he—that's his name. Maybe. How do you know it's not this guy? It is that guy. It's yeah. the whole family of. Oh, get out! <laughs> <laughs> All three of us are really. Gotta say, yeah. it would be weird if my brother one day was like, "Sorry, yeah, actually, I have been trying. I have been drawing X Men <laughs> Blue." <laughs> Um, we've got Jimmy Hudson uh, and the New Marauders, who are a group of mutants from the Ultimate Universe. This is all pretty cool. Yeah. This is basically Ultimate so Mutants versus the original X-Men. Yeah, you got Quicksilver. you got Mac one You've got Armor. You've got the Guardian. Good, yeah. Uh, all these cool mutants who are using their powers in different ways. Jimmy Hudson being awesome. Uh, Jean Grey discovering who's behind the whole thing. Very cool villain. Very yes. random. Uh, seeing how... There used to be another world, seeing the glimpse of the Ultimate Universe, so we're definitely investigating some cool stuff there. I like how they also keep touching on the fact that the, like, the Ultimate Universe mutants aren't like the mutants in no, the regular like universe. Yeah, yeah. Stuff very different. By the end of it, uh, Jimmy Hudson gets basically recruited by the X-Men um, and joins the team. And uh, Gene knows that there's something more going on, that there's villains out there they're going to need to deal with, but that will be for another day. And finally, we've got Zombies Assemble, uh, written and drawn by Yusaku Komiyama, and script by Jim Zub. This is just crazy stuff, man. It's the, uh, the Avengers from the cinematic continuity, uh, dealing with a zombie virus. There's this doctor who's trying to help them out. She infects herself in order to fix things up. There's some great Hulk moments, uh, some really devastating War Machine and Iron Man moments. This is a really cool, just different thing yeah. uh, if you want something completely unlike anything else you've ever uh, read from Marvel. So that's what we got from this week, but we've Ooh. also got uh, collections on sale. Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, Volume 1, Brawl in the Family. Black Panther, World of Wakanda, Volume 1, Dawn of the Midnight Angels. Brian Michael Bendis' Crime Noir on this. So it's oh. all of Bendis' old uh, crime stuff from early in his career. Marvel Mer- Masterworks, Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 19. Miss Marvel, Volume 3. Spider-Man Brand New Day Collection, Volume 3. Spider-Man Forever Young, that's a prose novel. Spider-Man's Tangled Web on the list, some really great stories in there. And Venom, Volume 1, Homecoming. And we got digital comics on sale. Everything that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and also on sale on the Marvel app this week. Saga of the Submariner from the 88 series, number 1 to 12. Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four from 2007, number 1 to 4. Wolverine Dupe, yep. number 1 to 2. And X-Men Icons, Iceman from one number 1 to 4. To four sorry. <laughs> Digital collections on sale this week. Amazing Spider-Man Masterworks Volume 19. Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows Volume 1, Brawl in the Family. Black Panther, World of Wakanda. House of Venom. House of Venom. House of, <laughs> that sounds like an awesome crossover yeah, I just I came like, up wait. with. Um, <laughs> House of M Prelude, Excalibur. Venom Volume 1, Homecoming, X-Force Volume 1, New Beginnings, X-Force Volume 2, Final Chapter, Ecstatics Volume 1, Good Omens, and Ecstatics Volume 2, Good Guys and Bad Guys, and that is all uh, Peter Milligan, Mike Allred, X-Force, Ecstatic stuff, Very all cool. good stuff. All right, freshly digitized on the Marvel Limited app, all new Wolverine number 15, Alpha Flight number 9 through 19, Avengers number... Yeah, that's from the original 1983 Alpha, Alpha Flight series, yeah. it's John Byrne, it's great stuff. Then we got Avengers number 2. Champions number three, The Clone Conspiracy number three, Deadpool number 23, Excalibur XX Crossing from the 1992 number one, Marvel Man from the 54 series number 29 to 34, Moon Knight number nine, Nova number one, 
Planet Terry from the 85 series, <laughs> number five through six. Scarlet Witch, number 13. And Spider-Man 2099, number 18. Doctor Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number one. And Unworthy Thor, number two. Okay, guys, here's what we've got on the agenda for today. We're going to take you out to the West Coast. Then we're going to be back with a few interviews I conducted. I was at the Marvel Creative Summit this week. It was very cool. So I spoke with editor Nick Lowe, writer Mark Wade, writer Dan Slott, and then also from Marvel-themed entertainment, Brian Crosby. So Ooh. hopefully you dig those interviews. Uh, first, we're going to kick over to the West Coast. They'll have their say. And then after all that, we'll be back here with questions and comments. It's the West Coast. Show me the wolf man. It's the West Coast. Hey, it's time for a games update. This is weird. What do we do? We're at E3. Yeah. <laughs> um, so E3, big new, big week for Marvel games. Um, let's see. First up, we had the Sony press briefing on Monday mm-hmm. and within that we had some Marvel vs. Capcom stuff. What happened with that? We saw the gameplay trailer as well as the story trailer. Um, it was really awesome to see that Thanos is going to be a playable character. So, And I think everything on the floor we've seen is all the characters in the trailer we've seen is a playable character for people to test out here at the show. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I was playing Doctor Strange <laughs> and I was getting thrashed, but he's fun to fun to use. Yeah. I really Iron like Man Captain Marvel. Yeah, Nova looks pretty bomb. Yeah, Nova looks great. <laughs> they all look great. It looks really really yeah. cool. Uh, also, in the Sony press event, uh, we had a nine minute Spider-Man for PlayStation Four gameplay video that we showed off, uh, which that led to the, the the game actually being on the show floor for uh, people to go. It's there's to it's in a theater mm-hmm. at the Sony booth. Um, and we have an awesome helicopter hanging above their booth. Yeah. Spidey on top of it. Yeah. So, the, <laughs> the, what, you know, like, it's cool because what everybody saw at the press event, when it, those who came to the demos here would see something slightly different in some way, shape, or form because the developers, when they're demoing it, are playing it, and then they have different ways to do different things in the mm-hmm. game, different solutions, different ways they traverse the environment and all this cool stuff so um, it actually being here and showing people that was was really cool yeah and, and for fans who want to check it out it's on YouTube it's on our social and there's a cute tag at the end with a baby Miles yeah Miles he's not even a baby he's <laughs> like well, a he's normal so teenager like, yeah but Spidey Peter looks like an adult <laughs> yeah yeah it's true it's true yeah well we, we saw that Wilson Fisk is involved in the yes, game and Mr. Negative. Yep, uh, and the Inner Demons, and uh, Yuri Watanabe, mm-hmm. who is a uh, police captain in, in the comics, also has another, uh, has a superhero ego, or super vigilante mm-hmm. alter ego? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, there's lots of cool stuff, so check it out. Um, we'll be seeing tons more from Spider-Man for PlayStation 4 coming months. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the show floor... We saw uh, uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, and we really well we mentioned three new characters that we have added to the game and a lockjaw looks super adorable you play a lockjaw you have medusa uh, who has a cute thing where when you're playing in battle she will bust out a hair dryer yeah, just like, as one does and you know her hair has a life of its own and we also uh mentioned agent venom yep yeah so it's really cool mm-hmm. uh i was playing it a bit 
and I was fighting a celestial. So I was like, <laughs> well, this is the best game ever. This is intense. Yeah. It's crazy. And you can listen more to this when we talk with Arthur Parsons. Um, yeah, which could be up already by the time y'all are listening to this. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Area we'll 3 see. special. Yeah, magic. Yes. And then, um, not on the floor, but also news for the week. Uh, for Marvel Puzzle Quest, we have Sandman, the original Spidey villain, joining the game. So it's available now for you to download and play. Yeah. He, like, tackles. There's a lot of sand battles where you just suffocate your villains. Whoa. <laughs> it's All pretty right. intense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's it for games. Awesome. Thanks, so Christine. We'll throw it back it. to Strom. <laughs> yeah, or, or Ben. Great. Bye. Bye. Hello this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom. Uh, we are here in the heart of Marvel Animation talking with... I'm Mick Wingert, the voice of Iron Man on Avengers Season 4, the uh, the uh, 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 Battle World episode. Secret, Wars. Wars. Secret, Secret Wars. Wars. I knew Avenger, that. Marvel's I just Avengers drew a blank Secret for, Wars. for all of a sudden. It's so secret, we forgot it's the name. So secret I forgot the name. <laughs> no, I know. It's one of the biggest storylines of the 80s and one of the yes. key events in the Marvel Universe. I just drew a blank. <laughs> Because I'm an idiot. So excited to be here. <laughs> and, That's right. I'm like I'm in the middle of the Marvel Studios. I'm I'm a little verklempt. I'm sorry. You know, it's just it's affecting my brain, and you know. Uh, and we're also joined by, as always, some other guy that we let hang around. Introduce yourself, sir. Harrison Wilcox, voice <laughs> of Marvel Animation. Voice of Marvel Animation. Did you just give yourself a promotion? I did. That oh, trumps okay. me. All right. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, Mick, you are. Uh, voicing Iron Man. Uh, we've got the big one-hour season premiere oh, coming yeah. up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just to sort of tee things off, like, sure. I know we are talking a little bit before about what happens in this episode, but it's uh, kind of a bigger episode for Tony, because at the end of season three, he was not on Earth. No. Or seemingly disappeared. Yes. So what can you tell us about where he's been? Well, we find out that Tony has been uh, transported to a no-tech dimension. So it's a dimension where all of his uh, prowess and any of his armor or toys or trinkets, they're not going to help him at all. And he's lost in this netherverse, as it were, of this no-tech dimension. Um, And I think, is it safe to say, Harrison, what happens in the beginning of episode one where we find? We find Tony via the Avengers uh, attempts to communicate. We got, you know, all the intellects uh, that they can muster involved at the Stark Expo to try to make contact with Tony. They do. but uh, but basically he has to he has to come to grips with and they have to come come to grips with not being a part of the team uh, during a time that ends up being a time of crisis. Yeah, we'll see uh, a new addition to the to the show. Uh, there's a certain scientist who ha- uh, Jane Foster who has a lot of expertise. I'm familiar with her. With. Uh, <laughs> With interdimensional travel, you know, she's been working for a long time trying to figure out exactly how the Bifrost works. And, and with, her, uh, with her research and her, her skills, uh, coupled with that of the Avengers, they, are, uh, they think they have found a way. Uh, they might have found a way to bring Tony back. And in typical Tony fashion, he wants to do it in front of the world, make a big splash at Stark Expo. <laughs> of course. Where else would you do it? I mean, that's the biggest stage in the world. <laughs> what, what, so what's it like playing 
Tony as Tony. Tony without any of uh, the Iron Man-ness of it all. Like, what? how do you think he's faring in a world where he doesn't have any of his wonderful toys to play with? Well, what's awesome about Tony Stark is that all of his toys are self-created. So he, he has to rely on his wits uh, to to overcome that obstacle, right? So mm-hmm. really what it's what it's done is it's made him get back to what makes him Tony Stark and then how Iron Man was invented to begin with. He gets back to his resourcefulness. He has to use his brain. He has to use uh, the, the gifts that are inherent in who he is to overcome uh, the lack of, of of obstacles, just like building that first suit of armor in the prison camp. Like he had to overcome his circumstances just through his ingenuity and and smarts. And I love playing that. And then if and when, uh, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but if and when Tony does appear, whenever Tony appears in the armor, the joy of playing Iron Man is that he's a public figure. He's a He's a public identity. So Tony is Tony is Tony is Tony all the time. So I just basically get to play Tony Stark and uh, play Tony Stark playing at being a superhero in a cool suit of armor. You, you, everything you're just talking about kind of reminds me a little bit too of um, Iron Man 3. What, that was the one where Tony was, you know, like without his armor for half the time and he yeah. made all those cool MacGyver like uh, <laughs> weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so, you know, and he's, you know, trying to in, engineer himself out of the predicaments. And, and we will see a little bit of that MacGyvering uh, over the course of the season when, when, when we see what Tony has been up to. Mm, I want to see Tony MacGyver together a huge Rube Goldberg type <laughs> device. Can we make this happen? That's right. This is a very complex machine that lights this lighter, this Zippo lighter. <laughs> Uh, but the ball has to go around the roof here, and, and then it drops in the bucket. And as you can see, the bucket then lowers down on the pressure plate, and the pressure plate that... Anyway. <laughs> I just realized I didn't warn you about Strom's laugh, and we're in a very small echo chamber right now. Oh, because, no, I, yeah. I, I keep it under control. Permanent these, hearing loss is these, a risk right now. In these tight spaces. Uh, I, you appreciate this, Harris. I'm actually dang someone right now who my laugh, like hurts her like the exact pitch of my laugh gives her headaches this podcast is taking a turn so i've yeah. had to learn to dampen it down that's because that's well it is what it is uh <laughs> wow like you say mick we warned you we would go off on tan i love it i love it i'm still waiting for highlander to come up but anyway <laughs> <laughs> no you know we talked uh last week with uh roger the voice of captain america yeah you know, and uh, just sort of talking about the group dynamic, the fact that you guys are able to sort of do these voiceover sessions in group. Uh-huh. Who, well, I, this can be either specific to these first two episodes or it can just be in general. Uh, who is, who are your favorite characters to play off of when you're voicing Tony? Not just because you've already mentioned him, but I'm always stationed right next to Roger, and Roger's got a phenomenal sense of humor. So, you know, he'll be making little noises, uh, you know, between takes, or he'll punctuate somebody's line reading. Obviously, when the line is free and clear and they've got a good take of it, he'll punctuate it with some sort of, like, quack noise or something, or he'll make a, a funny quip. I love playing off of him because when he straps on the cap, 
boots. He also is like right in character and we get a lot of good synergy. Um, I also really like playing opposite James Mathis as Black Panther. Mm -hmm. He is really a phenomenal actor and uh, um, you know, anytime you're getting Laura Bailey and Travis Willingham in the room, it's always a good time. <laughs> Those guys keep it funny, uh, keep it really funny. So I, there aren't a lot of shows, uh, as, as you might think, that still record in cast records. A lot have gone to individual yeah. uh, recordings. So it's always a joy when you can get in the room with the other actors and, and play off of each other. It, it spurs your, your creativity and your ability to kind of respond in character rather than just you know reading opposite a well-meaning director who's you know just feeding you the scripted lines yeah yeah that was something that was very important to uh court lane and jeff Loeb when they when they formed the studio that we would do our cast recordings uh in a group it really just it takes the creative up to a whole nother level now mick i know harrison and i are big old nerds that did not have much of a life. I wasn't going to say children. Uh, I mean, were you, were you a very much a Marvel fan growing oh, up? Oh yeah, very much so. When I was growing up, one of my favorite cartoons was Spider-Man and his amazing friends, which ah. will immediately let you know what era I grew up in. Uh, and the best era. The best era, of course. <laughs> and um, I wasn't uh, savvy enough to have picked up uh, the Phoenix saga in the comics right. uh, on time, so that was something I've I've enjoyed in in retrospect reading as a as more of an adult reader. But the big one for me was Secret Wars two. So that was a huge comic series for me, and it was ten limited issues. And I right. prided myself on I'm going to get every single issue. If I had to go down to the local convenience store like every, every week to get those issues, I was going to do it. Every, every tie-in too, and everything. No, or, that was a little too much series. for my for my budget at the time. <laughs> I was just a lower middle class kid at the time. But I will say, although it was only sixty cents with no tax per issue, so it also could be that I wanted to spend my money oh, on candy. Those were the you know. Days. Let's not blame Marvel. I think it was probably my budgeting but <laughs> but I definitely wanted the to the 10 main storyline issues with Beyonder and his Michael Jackson outfit and, oh, you yeah. know dis discovering what it means to be human that was a great storyline for me it was something if uh, well if Secret Wars goes over well enough maybe season 5 we'll do Secret Wars 2 with oh. Ca Captain America in full costume sitting on an airplane just in coach <laughs> Eugene Sun reminds me actually happened in Secret Wars 2 <laughs> There were, there were lots. That would really upset me if I was on an airplane. I don't know why. <laughs> there, there were lots of things that, uh, that happened in, in Secret Wars 2. And I know because uh, I actually did, uh, I mean, obviously, I was, this was sort of after the fact and back issue markets and everything. But when I was a kid, I actually did, for some reason, buy not only the full main series, mm -hmm. but for some reason, every tie-in. Every time I got a complete collection of Secret Wars two, that's phenomenal. Lying around someone, no, no idea why. In, in retrospect, <laughs> it's like of all the crossovers to collect every single issue of, you chose the one with um, the celestial being walking around in a Michael Jackson suit. Sure, you chose that one, the one where he's on the yacht with all the pretty ladies and <laughs> and senses that they don't like his fatness because he's been eating too much, so he just goes. <laughs> And just beyonders himself skinny again. He, he, he turns a building into solid gold at yeah. one point. I don't know if you remember oh, that. Side too. 
I forget. Like, I think Spider-Man had to, like, go in and rescue everyone because, like, the building was collapsing on itself or something. I don't know. It's been, like, 15 years since I read yeah. these go things. Go back and read it again. Absolutely. Oh, There's some really cool stuff in there with Molecule Man and oh, yeah. uh, Volcania. Our Volcana, yeah. who's his, who was his girlfriend at the time, or maybe even his wife. Uh, but there's his like sub storyline where he's trying to be a good guy instead of a bad guy post Secret Wars, and uh, there actually was an episode, um, a single issue of of Fantastic Four comics that came out. I can't remember exactly when, but I want to say early '90s. And the the issue title was Secret Wars Three. And they, the Fantastic Four, find the Beyonder that he at the really? end of at the end of the Secret Wars 2, it spanned the first iteration of the Marvel multiverse mm-hmm. to begin with. And that was like the new, the, the new universe Marvel stuff, which didn't do as well as I think they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So those titles ended up going away. But, but Fantastic Four, one of the writers put together an issue that tied up everything. There was a, the Beyonder world and Beyonder everything. And that's where we get to see Beyonder's re- resolution in comics. He and Molecule Man join together and become a cosmic cube. Yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. You managed to uh, out-trivia me. Is there no prize for that? There is a no prize. We, we, What's my no prize? It's, 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 there's no prize. Oh. It's a no prize. Here's a, uh, uh, what is this? A card from the latest Marvel Gear and Goods. I love it. From- <laughs> I'm going to put this on my wall. <laughs> um, now, I have to ask. Yes. What do you think... If if you were cast as the Beyonder, mm-hmm. what voice would you give him? Oh gosh, that's tough. Um, if I was cast as the Beyonder, oh man, like would we be? Well, are we talking Beyonders from the comics, or what I happen to know of Beyonder from this animated from, universe? From the, because from the it's, comics, there let's, is. Let's uh, let's imagine the Beyonder walking around in that white uh, oh, Michael yeah. Jackson oh, yeah. suit. Now we're he, talking. He walks up to you on the street. Now he, he now his original form. He basically be cloned Steve Rogers. So <laughs> I would probably give him one of these voices. Hey, ladies, <laughs> I'm the Beyonder. I'm from Beyond. Beautiful. Thank you. I thank love you, it. You. I love it. I love it. We get, Harrison, talk to someone. Get him cast as the Beyonder. Well, I, I can't really cast him as the Beyonder because I, I don't want to give away too much, but in Secret Wars, this really is a story of Iron Man versus Beyonder. Mm-hmm. And uh, to cast the same actor for both those parts would be a little confusing for people, I yes. think. Yes, it'd be a demanding acting challenge. I might be up to it. <laughs> Who my agent? <laughs> Rick and Morty does it all the time, Harrison. Uh, Come on. True. <laughs> no, I really, uh, I really appreciate the casting job that they did with Beyonder, and and the take on Beyonder is is uh, not '80s fa- fabulous, which is actually in, in a in a great way. Mm-hmm. And not that not that the Beyonder in the comics was anything. There was anything wrong with him, but he was very much centered in that '80s American culture, and the update just a little bit. Yeah. The update on Beyonder for, for our series is phenomenal, and he becomes a, a force to be reckoned with in and of himself uh, during the Secret Wars. Because I know in Secret Wars 1, he was the one orchestrating it, but he was really pitting Doctor Doom and the villains against yeah. the hero teams, and yeah. it, was, it was literally the wars between them that he was orchestrating back and forth. We definitely get 
some of that follow through. It's very true to the comics. I think Eugene Sun and his team have done a phenomenal job of adapting it to modern day. But, but my overall point is you also see the Beyonder himself becomes a, a force to be reckoned with on Battleworld. And it's really going to be a cool um, season. Nice. Yeah, we did. We did really want to put Beyonder in the middle of it all, and we definitely, like we do with a lot of our storylines, we updated it and had it make sense for, you know, our show. Uh, and there's a lot of interesting elements from the original run that we we did keep alive and in there. But it it definitely is uh, a fresh take on it, and I think people are going to find it very interesting. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to sign off. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us. Everyone who's listening, of course, we've got the one-hour season premiere of Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars coming up this Saturday on Disney XD. Um, And, oh, we like to point out, uh, Mick, is there anywhere fans can find you online? Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter at at Mick Wingert, just uh, my first and last name. Easy enough. Yeah, and I have a website, same, MickWingert.com. So look me up and uh, give me a shout-out, especially on Twitter. I'm on there all the time. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. Mick, thank you for coming in. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, And everyone, stay tuned because we will be uh, back with more game news or New York news or, I don't know, someone's coming after me. Stay tuned. And now welcome to This Week in Marvel, our very special guest. I am inside the Marvel Creative Summit with editor Nick Lowe. Hello. Uh, writer Dan Slott. Woo! And writer Mark Wade. Hello there. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing great. It's been grueling. Oh, hard-hitting questions. Grueling day. Yeah, lots of fascinating and difficult discussion. Yeah. About top secret things. What do you What do you guys get when you come to one of these summits? What do you expect? Adjuda. What do you get out of it? Free pizza? <laughs> free, free cold pizza. Yeah. Here, I'll give you a straight answer. <laughs> oh, God. The guy, because we are all get-along guys, because there's no ego in the room, which is pretty amazing, unless it's me and I don't know, um, is that not only is there the collaborative process as we shoot ideas back and forth, but... All the best ideas start as jokes. This is true of everything creative. All the best ideas start as jokes. So if we can make each other laugh in the room with this idea or that wild idea or whatever, you'll make you know you get the moment of laughter, and you'll then you'll start to sink in. Hey, you know maybe, maybe there's something to maybe, that because I because laughter is a reaction. It means you you hit some some nerve or something. So that's what I, I mean. That's what I get out of it, is the idea that we come out of here with a bunch of different ideas that no no one of us, if we sat in a room for a hundred years, would have come up with on our own. When when we were doing uh, the 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 Superior Spider-Man in the room, mm-hmm. uh, it was Matt Fraction who threw out the ghost thing uh, of Peter Parker, and then I really didn't like it. And then you came up, <laughs> you came up with exactly when I could kill the ghost, and you threw that out. And I was like, oh, I like that. I can, we can have the ghost and then kill the ghost. So it's like, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, it's it just getting to see t- stories take turns in the room as people discuss and find things and things being birthed out of just discussion. Like we were discussing something earlier today, a character from a book who's going to be sunsetting out, and we had this a big debate about what to do with that character, and uh, and it might be a, a new book written by one of the people in this room, and that's just uh, stuff like that is just so cool to see grow as we debate 
all of us who love these characters as much as anyone in the world, like you know, fight back and forth about their fates. Mark, what's your favorite moment that you can recall from any uh, summit? <laughs> I, can, I, can remember, I can remember my least favorite one. Oh no! Oh no! I don't. I I wish I had a better answer. I honestly don't know. So that's the part you're gonna have to edit out because I don't have a good answer for you. Um, you? Oh man! Um, favorite moment at a retreat? No, wait, come back. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So smaller one at the, one of the yeah. Spider-Man retreats, which is much like this, but a little smaller. Bob Gale just pacing back and forth in the back of the room. The rest of us are talking for like hours and then Bob just paces back and forth, says nothing, and then every once in a while he'll just say something. It'll be exactly the right thing at exactly the right time, and we'll all go, ooh, that's a great idea. And then he'll just go back to pacing for another hour. And it's just, that was that was awesome to watch that happen. Okay, okay, I have mine, but it's snarky. Of course <laughs> it is. You're Dan Slott. That was a brief. It was... Uh, Greg Pak was wowing everyone with World War Hulk. He was just like going through all the biggest beats of World War, War Hulk. And it was like one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. And and just like what Bob, what Mark was saying about Bob, JMS in the room was very much the same way. He would sit back and he wouldn't talk for ages. Mm-hmm. And then he would say one thing and everyone would be get really quiet and everyone would go, ooh. You know, yeah. Boom. And, um, here was here was uh, Greg going like, and this happens, and this happens, and then he talks about the the stone man from Saturn that's that's Hulk's friend. He reaches down, there's Thor's hammer, and he picks it up, and JMS went, no, he doesn't. <laughs> that was hysterical. I will, I will also say the, the time that you know last I think last retreat of the one before when Brian started talking about Riri Williams and explaining her mythos to us and explaining the origin and, and acting it out in the middle of the room yeah. in full cosplay. Yeah. That was that that rocked. That was something. No, but, but seriously, like some of the, the best parts is uh, like we're, we're all talking about. Oh, you, you you throw in this idea, or you pitch that idea, or you all listen. I find there's a moment when that doesn't happen in the retreat, and that's when. Jason Aaron's talking, mm-hmm. and then it's something like there's a campfire, and everyone's leaning forward, like, "Ooh, what's Uncle Jason gonna say next?" And he tells you these epic yarns, yeah. and you're hearing this great Thor mythology and this thing you never saw coming. And there's always that moment where everyone's like, "Oh, yeah." No. There's like tears. Yeah, I changed my answer. I, I, I can't really say without giving too much away, but it involves the word prehistoric. Yeah, and it <laughs> burst out laughing at the last retreat so loud I was self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> You'll say. Your, yeah, you your can't. faithful podcast re- re- listeners will understand in about six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, there's sometimes you just like you're listening to people's stories, and sometimes it creates, uh, you know. And also, there's like discussions in the room, like big discussions and debates over every aspect of comics, over inclusivity, over diversity, over over casting, over all that stuff, over how a book's going to be marketed, how it's going to be viewed, what we think the reaction's going to be, what, and then someone saying you don't care what the reaction's going to be. That it's in the book it's in the story it's it's fun it's you it's everything you would imagine it is um hearing it from the outside it's it's people sitting around a room swapping stories and arguing about comics uh, except now it's going to be comics it's everything that you do at home with your friends with consequences yeah Ugh. Yeah, best memories. It's hard to top Mark Miller because I've been here a very long time. It's yeah. hard to top Mark Miller throwing out uh, 
Spider-Man and Wolverine joining the Avengers, mm-hmm. and be like, and then be like, uh, and then be like, but I'm not, I don't want to write that, and, and you know, and Brian's like, oh sure, I'll do it, and it was amazing, <laughs> and he did the best job, he, and uh, but there was that, I mean, there was the fact that Planet Hulk was going to be, I think, two years earlier than it was yep. because the idea for Civil War came up. Uh, if I if I remember World correct. World War Hulk. Uh, I'm sorry, World War Hulk yeah, yeah, yeah. was going to be earlier, but because of, of, of Civil War. But I, the, I remember, like, um, Joe Quesada going, Hulk hasn't been on Sakaari long enough. Mm. You know, that you really want to show that journey that Hulk is taking from, from you know, gladiator to king. Mm-hmm. That that needs time. That needs to marinate. That needs to be a big story. If it wasn't for Joe throwing out that note, you wouldn't have had the sprawling epic that was Planet Hulk mm-hmm. before World War Hulk. Yeah. And, and, you know, things like the death of Captain America came from that room. The, the whole series of the, uh, the what's it, the sun. The fallen sun. Fallen sun. That was JMS's yeah. idea. Like, like, talking about the... Or no, not no. the dying, but the five. He, he that was Jeff Loeb. No, Jeff Loeb wrote it, but I think uh, I believe if I remember correctly, the DMS wrote the five yeah, pages yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of death and grief. But like things like that that have come up in this room, and uh, or things that get hit up, get a pause button hit, like Spider Verse was going to be two years earlier. Yep. And if it weren't for that being no, no, we want Peter Parker. That should be a Peter Parker story. It was because of that that you did. Spider Island? No, uh, no, no. No. Uh, Spider Island came because uh, Ends of the Earth was going to become an event earlier, and then I had to come up with Spider Island to save Ends of the Earth. Yeah. What uh, with Spider with Spider Verse? um, That's when you suddenly got the uh, the Venom arc and the Spidey twenty ninety nine arc in Spider in Superior, because originally uh, Spider Verse was going to be a Superior story, and Axel felt very strongly that it shouldn't be a Doc Ock story; it should be a a Peter story and then we argued it for a day and then they wrapped up and said Dan you and Wacker you go off and do what you meant you know you fought for the idea you know we're sold and then the next day we came in we found out that people had kept arguing about it in the bar (laughs) <laughs> and we weren't there. <laughs> no, no, we're reopening this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it got moved a year. And 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 in those stories that you told in the time frame have had big ramifications since then. Like you know, and 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 it's stuff like that that these things, these turns that take that sometimes seem like they're negative or that that get turned into such a wonderful positive and and people just giving their honest. You know, looks at these at these things that we can all be, you know that they're that the sum of us is greater than than each individual. You, you, sometimes having an extra set of eyes or ears, you you know you catch something that's not working in a story. We we were talking about a very sci-fi concept earlier today in the room. Um, I'm trying to be vague about it so I don't ruin someone's story. But we are we are arguing over you know stuff, space and time, spa- literally space and time, mm-hmm. and the logic of it. Um, we solved it. We we did solve it. Space and time. We, <laughs> As per saved. usual. We saved the day. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been in a bunch of retreats where um, you could derail the entire retreat for a day by people trying to explain how magic works in the Marvel Universe. Mm. Right and, here. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis over there. <laughs> magic should have a cost. Magic should be this. Magic comes yeah, from it deities. Helped. It helped. It helped. 
Uh, and you you walk out and you're like, what did, what did you talk about last night? Magic. <laughs> you know, you, you talk to a friend on the phone and you're like, how was the retreat? We talked about Magical. magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. But there's so much fun. I, well, I hope that you all can be part of one one day. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone, everyone listening to this everyone podcast. Everyone listening to this podcast. Come on down. Come on down. Right, right draw, edit, Do work your way in. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, so we are here. It is This Week in Marvel. I'm in the Ant-Man room, and I'm sitting across from the illustrious Brian Crosby. Hey. How you doing, man? Good, man. How's it going? Good. You just survived the whole uh, Marvel Creative Summit. It was survived. It was yeah, awesome. It is pretty fun. Yeah, this is great. What do you get out of doing stuff like this? Uh, I think, you know, uh, a little bit of everything. I mean, I try and chime in from time to time yeah. uh, when I can, but I, I think more than anything, it's just great to... Uh, feed off of the energy that's in the room, get a sense of where the stories are going uh, in in Marvel Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for everything that that I do, whether it's in um, conventions or the theme parks or whatever it is, um, we always want to be great advocates for our partners and kind of help keep people, um, the people that we work with, informed about what's happening with Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it can be a it can be a convoluted mythology <laughs> if, yeah. if to to a newcomer, and yeah. not all of our partners are necessarily experts. Right. Um, but that's our job is to uh, is to you know know what's happening in the Marvel universe. So coming up for you next, we, we we're going to talk about Mission Breakout in a second. But mm-hmm. the next big thing for you, I would guess, would be Comic Con, right? Yeah, the next thing on the roadmap. Well, we actually just this week um, launched uh, the Marvel Superhero Summer. Oh yeah, in Hong Kong Disneyland. Oh cool. Um, Yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, so um, in uh, back in January we we opened the first the first ever Marvel themed attraction Mm. in a Disney theme park, which was the Iron Man experience. Yes. Um, So Hong Kong Disneyland is incredibly excited about the Marvel characters. That's nice. And uh, they wanted to do a big summer event, so we're rolling out all of the characters that we currently have in our character library, like Star Lord, Captain Mm -hmm. America, uh, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Doctor Strange, and so um, guests are going to get to go there, become a Shield agent. Go into and go on a full shield mission where they get to meet these characters, go to different environments, and it's called uh, Marvel's uh, Mission: Dimensions of Danger. Oh my god! Um, and there's a there's a Spider-Man character meet and greet, and of course, and then they get to earn things along the way. So it's a lot of fun. Sounds like you got almost every character in there. Yeah, I mean we well, I mean, we're well, <laughs> not quite the nine thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're no we're Jack of Hearts. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Stay tuned, Marvel Stay fans. T- That'd be a perfect Vegas installation, <laughs> Jack of Hearts, right? right? Exactly. Think about that. Noted. Yeah. Uh, no, I think you know we're uh, we're slowly building that character library. I mean, we just unveiled a Groot, mm-hmm. you know, full size Groot down at uh, Disney's California Adventure, um, and we have other characters in the works. So you know, uh, it's an ongoing. You know, uh, effort to to build the Marvel universe dimensionally. Now you're like me. You're someone who started as a fan and loved mm. these characters. What is it like? I mean, it's one thing when Iron Man got big or Captain America got big, but I always say, and Ryan and I have talked about this on the podcast before, that some of the newer like Guardians characters, like Groot and Rocket, like right. we've been at Marvel during the course of those characters becoming huge media stars, and it really is a surreal feeling when you get to work with putting, say, a Groot into a Disney California Adventure. What that? What is that like? The super surreal. Yeah, right. Um, because, like you, it's like you know, we look, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, 
we're not talking. These were just ours. They were right, our right, characters. Right. And now they're the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And, and the world loves them. Yeah. And so it's it's exciting to think about not only where we are mm-hmm. with all of these these stories that the world is so familiar with, um, but in 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 the particular um, division that I work in, that I represent themed entertainment, um, to have this. Uh, intellectual property; these characters that have been beloved for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we're you know creeping up on on our 80th anniversary, and so now to uh, really be at the very beginning of realizing them in this dimensional format, where people can go and meet them in person and go to these environments and go on their own adventures and their own stories is super cool and exciting. Yeah. Um, it also excites me about the, the future. Yeah. You know, I mean, like like we just said, seven years ago, they're just ours. Sure. And we're yeah. not, you know, Groot and Rocket are not even a part of the conversation. No, not at all. Where are we going to be in ten years? Yeah. You know, what it's characters crazy. are we talking about? And in the theme parks, we like to think of everything uh, that we do is at the very least, it's like a 20, 25-year play, maybe even longer, maybe even like a 40-year play. Huh. So, it, you know, to, to try and stay ahead of that curve... And go and try and project out. You know, it's it's a it's it's a challenge, but it's an exciting one too. Very cool. Yeah, man. Who's the who's the I, for me? My one character has always been Nova. That's my guy. Yeah. Who's your one character that you would love to do something with? Who maybe is not already out there? Um, I, I would. You know, I'm right now. I'm I'm super excited about the. Uh, the defenders mm-hmm. and and you know you know on Netflix I think it's it's just such a a, a gritty grounded um, group of characters mm-hmm. and so I think uh, I would love to see Daredevil you know on fire escapes doing nice. things like that to see Iron Fist and so Kun cool. Lun and uh, you know Jessica Jones Luke Cage and, you know. oh man so if you guys opened a Kun Lun see right I mean park, that, that yeah. would be so cool yeah so like I, I'm I'm really excited about you know I've always gravitated towards kind of the the gritty street level characters sure. of course uh, just as a, just as a you're, fan you're a gritty street level guy I like to think of myself yeah, as that very much so <laughs> I frequently am on fire escapes I don't know if you know that yeah <laughs> but uh, I don't know I just think there's something exciting about seeing them realize now whether whether that will ever happen in a Disney theme park or not mm-hmm. not only time will tell I think that's very cool but you know what's actually interesting sure um, Iron Fist mm. so I actually think you know, we we talk about the Netflix character symptoms being a little more they kind of age up at least. Mm. You know, some, almost like a PG sixteen. Yeah, you know, no, kind yeah, of that realm. makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, but Iron Fist is an interesting one because he, I believe, has some crossover appeal to a yeah. younger demographic. Well, he was on the Spider-Man Ultimate cartoon. Spider-Man. Yeah, he was yeah, on Ultimate he Spider-Man. Was there. And so we're actually um, relaunching Marvel Universe Live, mm-hmm. the the traveling arena show that we right. did with Feld Entertainment. We're relaunching it. Brand new story. This is a shameless plug. <laughs> but relaunching it. <laughs> That's brand what we're new here story. for. I know. Marvel Universe Live, Age of Heroes. Mm-hmm. It opens uh, at the end of this month, June 23rd, in New Orleans. Um, and we have a whole sequence uh, with Iron Fist and Kunlun. That's so cool. And so, uh, and that really is a family show. Yeah. And so we're bringing that character to life. Well, I think you're right. You're right on that. Like Kunlun, it's this mystical city yeah. of martial arts masters. It's like, awesome. what's more like appealing to the whole family and to the person who maybe doesn't even know comics than that? Yeah, I, you know, just seeing that brought to life. I mean, we were we did a, a rehearsal last week uh, down in Florida, mm-hmm. and it, like. Emotional, like oh, seeing man. that fist light up, seeing him doing all the martial That's arts. So cool. It was it was really cool to see it brought to life. All right, let's talk about Mission Breakout a little bit. Yeah, Breakout success. 
I dare say. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about how did what was kind of the lifeline of this project because now it's out there. It's a fully realized ride. Hopefully, everyone at this point, cheap plug, have, have watched uh, Thwip, the big Marvel show yeah. that you were on. And I was watching it with my wife, and I said, "Oh, that's my friend Brian." She goes, <laughs> "She goes, he's not your friend. I've never met him." And I said, "Yes, he is. He's my West Coast. Yeah, friend. he's my West Coast friend." Um, that's neither here nor there. Take me through the lifeline of how this project got conceived and yeah. how it how it uh, came to be. Yeah, so I mean, most most theme park attractions uh, take a, a much longer time to gestate and develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened very quickly. Um, there was definitely a, 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 a magical time in trying to get it to somewhat align with the release of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 2 sure. as a film, uh, something that we call Day and Date, mm-hmm. uh, re- releasing an attraction in, in timing with the film. Uh, more often than not, that doesn't happen just mm-hmm. because it's, it's very tough to project out what's going to be popular. But we knew Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be... Right, huge hit. Be, uh, it was big. Um, and these characters are now beloved around the world. Right. Um, Rock and Groot in particular. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so anyway, so uh, the uh, the parks actually came to came to the Imagineering team, uh, the parks meaning kind of the uh, Disney Parks leadership down in Anaheim, and said, you know, we're interested in changing Tower of Terror and we'd love to do something with Marvel. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Now, can I, if I can just interject yeah. for a second, why were they interested in changing Tower of Terror? Just it's been around for a while and it's not interesting. Well, it's, a, it's, it's not that they were interested in changing it. It was the, it was the first step mm-hmm. in what's going to be a larger universe play. Got it. At Disney California Got Adventure. It. All right. And, and so we Say knew no that it, it needed to be something that, that we... Um, that we would address at some point, mm-hmm. and so it felt like a like a good first step. Like let's come in with the bang. I mean, Tower Tower of Terror was a great attraction. People Absolutely. loved it, yeah. and it's it's an icon not just for the park but for the city of Anaheim. Right. And so we thought, let's go in big. Which franchise do we have? Which group of characters that's that's big, that's colorful, that's disruptive, that's irreverent, <laughs> that's all of those things, and it's just going to make a big splash right out of the gate. Uh, also, just thinking about the ride mechanics, you are confined, you know, to this gantry lift. Yeah. And so, if you go too big with your characters, like if if, if it's Hulk, he busts out of that frame. Yeah. If it's Spider-Man, maybe we we can't deliver on him. And, right. And he's high flying. Avengers feels a little compact. Sure. But Guardians of the Galaxy felt like yeah, it's the right mix. It's the like right they could be confined. Yeah. And and conceivably would need help from us mm-hmm. to liberate them. Yeah. And so uh, it quickly uh, we quickly landed on them as the right the right characters to um, to do this story with and, and to make it uh, you know a breakout story and, yeah. and hence the name. So uh, you know and then it was just off and running and you know we actually so we were in development for. Uh, months, uh, actually, right up until the very end, we, mm-hmm. were, we were tinkering with it. But, oh, wow. um, but the but the uh, Tower of Terror attraction didn't actually close down until like January, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. And and so it was it was a race to the finish. But we worked very closely. It was it was a complete collaboration between us, uh, Marvel Studios, Walt Disney Imagineering, kind of everybody coming mm-hmm. together um, and having to make real decisions really quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with a lot of other attractions, we have more time to. To debate to go kind of go back and forth, I and mean, this was like, here's what we're doing. What do you guys think? Make subtle tweaks, and we had to make decisions very go. quickly. Yeah, and I think I think in some cases the 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 product ended up being better for it. 
Sure. Yeah. Now, you've gotten to see fan reaction. People love the ride. There's, like, crazy long lines for it and everything like that. Was that a surprise at all? Or are you expecting that it would do so well right off the gate? Or has there been some sort of unexpected uh, fan interactions? Um, I... You always hope that people are gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna like it, but not not. I mean, I think when we announced it, we all knew internally this is gonna maybe ruffle some feathers, mm. right? Because this is this is not an uh, an attraction that was that was broken. Sure, people didn't like. Well, people loved Tower. People Tower. loved it. Yeah. yeah, and and it was a lot of fun. And so we said, okay, if we got to make it. We got to make it big. We got to make it different. We got to mm-hmm. make it fun. And all the things that, that Guardians of the Galaxy is. Yeah, perfect. Um, in fact, so you think about the previous attraction, and it was very much about that suspense, that mystery, and kind of a slow build until your ine- inevitable fall. Mm. Um, and in this one, we said, we're not going to, this is not a suspense story. No. So right out of the gate, we are, and Ryan Panagos, if you oh can watch God. the video. You have, if you haven't watched the video, you have to watch the video. That was sincere it's terror. Am- it's, it's amazing. A- I loved it. Oh my God. Um, but, so I mean, I think it, it was right out of the gate coming out, being fast, being comedic. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... I lost my train of thought. No, no, it's all good, yeah. man. It's all good stuff. I want the, the one thing staying on the reaction for a sec of the fans. That oh, I'm the reaction of the fans, yeah, that's really yeah. Cool. I think that so the long lines. Yeah, there's always that initial curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's been the most exciting has sustained, sustained. Yeah, you know, and and then people now starting to talk about what's next. Yes, wanting more. Yeah, and so a lot of the the Easter eggs and things we hid around the attraction that connect it not just to. Uh, Iron Man experience in Hong Kong, but connected to uh, the Marvel Superhero Academy on the cruise ship, mm-hmm. um, and then we placed that little um, that little Avengers hat yeah. that's out in the garden. It's pretty cool. It's it is pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a lot of people talking, which is talk. exactly it. You know, and you know, I did steal a steal a little line from from Jeff Loeb. With yeah, that hashtag. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. That's that. that's Marvel. Yeah, it sure is. So. Are you encountering any fans as you're, you know, kind of collecting the response to the ride? People who weren't familiar with Guardians who are encountering them for the first time, or is it just Guardians is so out there and everyone knows who they are? I'm um, curious about that. Yeah, I, I haven't. I can't say that I've encountered fans that that aren't familiar with them, but um, we know they are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anybody and everybody comes to a Disney theme park and they come for any number of reasons. Right. Um, you know, it's a family, family, friends, whatever, uh, all different ages, genders, abilities, disabilities. Uh, you know, every, everybody comes to, to the Disney parks. Yeah. So um, we have to assume that you know nothing. Mm. And so... and, and then introduce it to you. Yeah, so yeah. we got we got to teach you yeah. who is the collector, who are the Guardians of the sure. Galaxy, what is your job in the story? Because, I mean, if you think about it, every every theme park attraction, you are the protagonist of the story. Right. And that's the paradigm shift, I think, for, for us at Marvel. You know, typically, if we're, if we're doing a movie or a comic book or a TV show, we have the viewer immobilized in their chair reading or watching the material and we tell you what the story is mm-hmm. you know and, and it's a video game it's, it's more proactive uh, or interactive but it is a very isolated kind of this is mostly me mm-hmm. um, in a theme park you're in this with an, any number of people sure and, and, you're, and you can look anywhere and see anything so 
the story has to be about you. Mm-hmm. So while well, the Guardians of the Galaxy, their name is on the marquee, they're the stars of the attraction, the you story is about you, yeah. and you are the protagonist, it's your experience, and Rocket needs your help mm-hmm. in this story, Which so that's the that's the switch. And so that's, the, that's how we have to think about all of these. All right, last question. Can yeah. you talk about anything that's coming up, whether it's San Diego, whether it's the parks, like what, what's next for Brian Crosby? Uh, well, you mentioned San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So that's next. So that's really it's pretty what, exciting. Yeah. So yeah. that's really what's on uh, on my plate for right now. And you know, we have so many things that we're going to be talking about. Um, I, th- you know, we have a lot of great new shows coming up. Yeah, it's we gonna do. Be a big fall. Yeah, we do. With Marvels and Humans and Marvels the Defenders. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course, you know, we have Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, next month, and and the Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok yeah. So I mean, there's there's so much great happening on film and TV, and then you know, big awesome you know comic events. Yes. Um, so I, th- you know, I think it's an exciting time. So we have a lot of things to talk about at San Diego mm-hmm. uh, and New York. Um, and then um, we have also announced some more more content coming to um, to Hong Kong in terms nice. of attractions. So we're hard at work on that stuff. Nice, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, well, man. Thanks for taking the time to uh, come in this little room and chat with me. I My pleasure. It. It's yeah. great to be here. You know, I love <laughs> coming to New York because yeah. for me this is uh, this is the home of Marvel. Yeah, awesome, man. Cool. Right. Thank you so much, Brian. All right, thank you. All right, guys, welcome back. It's time for questions and comments. Me and Alex are going to answer your your questions and comments. Yeah, your very important questions and comments. And if you guys want to participate, you can use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel on Twitter, or you can email us at TwinPodcast at Marvel.com. Our first tweet this week comes from Gay Comic Guy, who says, Since I'm moving, any of the good folks at This Week in Marvel and Horizon Labs know a good comic store in San Francisco. I know you already got some replies. I know Ryan chimed in on this on Twitter. So hopefully anyone else who has suggestions for Gay Comic Guy, please tweet at him. Let him know some good comic stores in San Francisco. Man, Ryan knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) Heywood W., uh, my pick for June 7th is Guardians of Galaxy number 3, all new Guardians of Galaxy number 3 by Jerry Duggan. Very mysterious and interesting Gamora solo tale. That was on the Fraser Irving draw. True, it was great. Joshua Cooper, does Agent M pronounce the O in Scourge to uh, avoid confusion with Scourge, S-K-U-R-G-E? Also, now picturing a Jedi Scourge, it's awesome. I'm sure he does. Yeah, that's probably sense. why. Yeah, so excited for this new Miss Marvel arc. I love it when G Willow Wilson tells Khan family stories. All right, then we got Robert at Captain Rogers forty four. He's tweeting at Nick Spencer. I keep trying to explain this, but how can one doing such evil lift the hammer? I just can't understand it. That's Steve Rogers lifting the, the hammer, hammer in Secret Empire, and uh, I think a lot. I mean, I'm kind of jumping out on a limb here because they haven't fully explained it in right. the story yet. I think it's because. He believes in what he's doing. He believes he's doing the right thing. And the way the hammer judges worthiness worthiness is not necessarily like, oh, he's going to yeah. go do bad things. It's just like this guy is dedicated to a cause and he's worthy enough to lift the yeah. hammer. I th- so he goes on to say, is it because he's still acting in the interest of others as he sees exactly. it? And I think that's exactly, exactly what it is. Yeah, like yeah. He still thinks this is for the betterment of yeah. you know mankind. Mm-hmm. So that's why? <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, we got Simon Williams at Simon Sebs. Twin of the week for June 7th, Champions number 9. I think Viv could carry a solo series. Let's get to work on that. Hell yeah, I'd read that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yep. 
All right, and he says, I did like Red Locust Introduction in Champions of Nine. Her armor reminds me of Common Rider. That's pretty cool. What is that? Oh, it's a uh, similar to like Power Rangers, okay. but Japanese show. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, and he tweets at Humberto Ramos. And he says, reading Avengers number eight, I still don't get what Nadia's problem is with Peter. She's normally so cheerful. Yeah. Except with him. She hates Peter Parker, and I think it's just a cool – It's it's – I think it's playing off Mark Waid's playing off the fact that wasps do not get along with spiders, uh, um, but it's but it's pretty clever. And I'm just yeah, I'm like, very smart. <laughs> I just think it's I just think it's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, and he goes first Valera Richards and now Nadia Pym. I think Doctor Doom just wants a daughter that's as smart as him. There you go. Yeah, probably. Yep. It's hard to talk to anyone else. Yep. Based on everything that was going on in Jessica Jones, I was pretty sure she and Luke were going to get a divorce. I'm glad to see they've made up a little bit in issue nine. Going to the bone zone in the shower didn't hurt either. Bone zone. <laughs> oh, man. I miss Ryan now. <laughs> then he says, I thought Marvel Studios would need to step up its game after the Distinguished Competition's latest movie, but then the Black Te- Black Panther teaser came out, and I knew all as well. There you go. Yeah. That, We've always got something up our sleeve. That trailer, I watched it probably like 15 times over yeah, the weekend. It's real it's good. so good. And he goes, can we just go ahead and switch the release dates for Spider-Man Homecoming and Black Panther? No, man. I'm looking forward to yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I'm yeah. excited for Spider-Man Homecoming. And I'm also, crazy? they probably aren't done on Black Panther yet. Yeah. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> a good point. You don't want to see an incomplete movie. Well said. Exactly. All right. Finally, from Lex Pendragon, whatever happened to Doom Herbie? This is from uh, Matt Fraction, like Allred's <laughs> FF series. Man, I don't know, but I'm sure he's out there just having the time of his life. Yeah. Just- so that's it. That's the show for today, guys. Thank you for listening. That's uh, all Alex, got. thanks for pitching in. Thank you for Angelica, having me. Angelica, you did a great job. Thanks. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> um, and until next time, guys, we will see you later. This is Marvel, your universe. Marvel, your universe.